With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Play Fantasy Spaceball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here, joined by a person that they say lives in the fridge. That's Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Little Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? Uh, it's going really well. We need to throw a little bit out there right now to all the fans who have heard D. Mendy say to, to Doc, how many championships have you won? How many championships have you won? <laughs> that Doc can now reply, I got one, mofo. I got one. Big ups for Doc for taking home his first championship in the league. He has been the commissioner of for a long time. <laughs> Good job, man. Yeah, I'm very salty about that because he had to take <laughs> he had to take me down to do that. And uh, we took him prior, down. <laughs> we talked prior to the show. Um, I, I just for some reason I could not get it done in the finals at all in 2021, and so that was the theme again. And Doc. Uh, I think it's it's a good thing you won because I think Tyler Anderson would have felt you uh, stalking him and probably doing something bad. So I'm glad that you don't have to uh, hate Tyler Anderson anymore. You know, I, I would never tweet at an athlete. I would never say anything disparaging. I would probably just make a voodoo doll of him and put pins in it every <laughs> night until he did something redeemable. Yeah, I mean, what was it, like minus 27? Minus <laughs> 27. So the line, two innings pitched, nine hits. Nine earned runs, three walks, zero strikeouts in the loss. That's a big old negative 27 in a points league. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But uh, brutal. Yeah, but congrats to you. I'm glad you could finally win one. And uh, people can make stop making fun about being commissioner of a league you haven't won. So. <laughs> good, Thanks, good David. Let me know how it goes for that in the football league. How much longer have you been doing yours over the football one? Yeah, maybe like about one or two years. Okay, so I have another one or two years before you can say that. Okay. All right. So anyway, we're not talking about our home league. I'm sure all of you love that anyway. But in today's episode, we have the postseason prediction show. So can you smell that October ear? Did I say ear? <laughs> From another country or another uh, state. Can you smell that October air? The leaves are falling and turning colors. They might actually have a chill in the air, depending on where you live. Halloween decorations are going to go up. It's playoff baseball time, baby. People and David's become, turning a new decade. No, we're not talking about that. People become heroes. Their careers may change forever. You know, they might even win a ring. Who knows? But ladies and gentlemen, let's buckle in because we're in for one hell of a ride. We've got some predictions we're going to make tonight regarding the postseason. 
And honestly, we're going to be doing that with a legend in his own right, a postseason legend, and that's Brandon Warren. So make sure you stay tuned for that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, if you could be any player's agent excluding salary, who would you pick and why? And our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah! All right. So we'll grind through these news and notes here as we close out the regular season. Noah Syndergaard made his long-awaited return to the Mets on Tuesday evening, firing a perfect inning in an opener as an opener in ten, uh, the win over the Marlins. It was the right-hander's first big league appearance since September of 2019, where he lost all of that year and almost the entirety of this year with recovering from Tommy John surgery. Cheesecake, when you draft next year, which could be as soon as next week, who knows? So I've seen some people that are already doing drafts. Do you think you'll take a late-round shot on him at any league? Well, I, you know, the best thing you can look at him is he, he finished the season on the mound, quote-unquote. He wasn't throwing breaking pitches. So I think, you know, the fact that you saw him out there, he's throwing well, I think you have to take a flyer on him. But, um, you know, in the later in the later drafts, you're going to have a lot more information. At this point, I wouldn't be trying anything too high on him. His injury history is just too long, and his um, and his and what he showed out there was just, too little right now so uh, i would take a flyer but it would be very late yeah i agree so it's one of those like last round picks like he's there you're gonna just kind of shoot for the moon on that but not use any significant draft capital i'm i'm definitely with you on that cheesecake so so much for my bold prediction when we did this show like a month and a half ago i said noah Syndergaard will never pitch again in the majors uh, that's already done i'm glad that we got to prove you wrong on this show man gotta be bold brandon belt was placed on the 10-day IL uh, and with with a fractured, I believe, uh, thumb, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Uh, a fractured thumb, it's supposed to not necessarily end his season because if he they technically, if they make a deep postseason run, like technically the World Series, he could come back. It's supposed to be about four weeks, but this is obviously awful timing for Belt and the Giants, and Brandon Belt's been on an extreme tear of late. Since returning from a knee injury on August 5th, his slash line is 297, 394, 690, hitting 18 home runs over that stretch. And since the start of the 2020 season in 148 games, he's a 285, 393, 595 slash with an WRC plus of 163, which is third best in the majors of those with at least 550 plate appearances over that time, trailing only Juan Soto and Bryce Harper. So he's been obviously huge for this Giants team. And a team that right now is going to look like to have the number one seed in the National League. Doc, I'm curious. Do you think with Brandon Belt being gone that this will hurt their chances to a point where they can't recover and actually get to the World Series? Will this be the roadblock that makes it so they can't get there? No. I mean, the thing about the Giants is they might be one of the worst 100-win teams in recent memory. But they've been playing very, very well. And I don't think. Baseball is the one sport where one person being out can derail your team like it can be in football and basketball. I mean, as a batter, you only hit one out of every nine spots anyway. Tommy Listella will probably get a little bit more playing time at first base. I really think it just depends on the matchups. And, you know, the Giants, once they get in the postseason, they're really dangerous. It doesn't matter who's on the roster. It just kind of, it kind of seems to be that organization. So I would never count them out. Yeah, I mean, they... Somehow the 
they're just there with a bunch of players that I don't think anybody expected. You know, Brandon Crawford, Buster Posey, a bunch of guys that I think people. Chris Bryant's going to bounce back here. Chris Bryant's been playing well for them as well. Uh, it's it's definitely they're an interesting team to watch. And well, I, I was going to say it's not an even number here. So technically, if it was an even number year, I might be a little bit more inclined to pick them for something. But uh, <laughs> that could be a problem. So we'll see how that plays out. The Dodgers reinstated outfield Cody Bellin- outfielder Cody Bellinger from the IL before uh, yesterday's evening game against the Dodgers. A healthy Bellinger not being in the lineup for the Dodgers was obviously something that was very weird and couldn't even fathom a few months ago. But in an absolute miserable season that included three IL stints for him, he had recorded a 159, 237, 291 slash over 337 plate appearances before he was activated uh, yesterday. So... The Dodgers are hoping to try to catch the Giants for the uh, final or for the, the top spot in the National League. A couple games behind, so I don't know if they'll get there. But I'm bringing this up because we need to revisit a topic that we talked about last week that got put up on Twitter, where Doc and I was arguing over if we thought Cody Bellinger would be a third round pick or not. Now, everybody seems to be on Doc's side. They don't think Cody Bellinger gets there. Now, the bet is going to be. It has to be a week before the season kicks off. So it's, I believe March 24th is the week before the first game where I think he's going to, I think injuries hampered him this year. I think he's going to work hard this off season. And I think when in spring training, when he shows that he's similar to what we've seen in the past, that his ADP is going to skyrocket to the point where he's going into the third round again. Cheesecake, I'm curious if you had to put a number round on Cody Bellinger, just your gut. Again, no, there's no, nothing have to be behind this. It's your gut. Where do you think he goes in drafts next year? Well, I think the postseason could really help him. He's one of those guys that the postseason can really help. Right now, how can you put him in the third round with a one? Oh, he's has, it's not like he's had like 70 plate appearances. He has 300 plate appearances. He's hitting 159. Um, I, I mean, obviously, you know what he can do. But with the type of fluctuation he has had from season over season over season, that that type of inconsistency to me is something that I'm not going to want to invest such a high pick in because the inconsistency might be there again. His injury, you know, concerns might be there again. Uh, the stuff that has sapped his his performance. I I don't think he's that high of a pick, but with with uh, with strong health, a strong finish to this season, and strong health in the spring, he will jump up. But, but, you know, you got to think about wh- who else is going to be going in, in that round. We haven't really c- calibrated our, our, uh, our, uh, board yet for, for next season, but he's going to be going up against some pretty stiff competition to get into that third round. And I don't think he's quite going to make it after this year. Oh, well, cheesecake shot me down. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it plays out, but you're right. Postseason and we have the offseason. Yeah, he's going to, Cody Bellinger is going to hit a really far, far golf bar. Very far golf ball playing top shot, and that's what's going to drive up his ADP. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, again, we've seen it. Uh, Randy Arozarena went from being, I don't know where he was projected before the playoffs, but he ended up going to the third or fourth round after his playoff run. So I do think, like Cheesecake said, if, if he turns it back on in the playoffs, he already cut his hair. So I think he's trying different things, whatever it is to... <laughs> to get right so we'll see what happens but i do think but it's all said and done he will be people are gonna start like creepingly like jumping to go get him where they're gonna be like all right he's going right now in the sixth i'm gonna take him in the fifth 
because mm-hmm. I want to make sure I get that bounce back season. And then mm-hmm. he'll start going in the fifth, and people are going to jump in the fourth to go get him. And I just think, but it's all said and done, he's going to elevate to that third round when it comes to March. So we'll see. This how is that reverse works. psychology by David to try to hype up his ADP because he doesn't want Cody Bellinger and hoping somebody else will take him at a no, high. No, so that's the thing though is like he reminds like Cody Bellinger. I had him. I don't remember if he was on my roster when I won the league a few years ago, our home league, but. That was the only year I ever had him, and that was the year that he was picked up as a free agent. And I've never drafted him since because I've very, I've very much been like, hey, look, I think he gives you some counting stats, but there's nothing about him as far as you know him being a first or second round pick to me that appeals to me. He said he plays a position I felt like had a lot of depth behind it. There was nothing about his profile that stood out to me. In points leagues, I was like, he strikes out still a good amount. I was like, I just, there's nothing about his profile that I was like, is worth that high draft capital. But if he's somebody that's going later, I will be taking a lot of chances on him. Mm-hmm. If he's, if he's it, going like the fifth or sixth round or something like that, he's, if he bounces back anywhere near what he was. That's going to be extreme value. Is it fair to call him the Herman Marquez of hitting? Why you say that? No. I don't know where that comes from. The Jet yeah. hide. Like Herman Marquez will throw a complete game shutout against the Dodgers and then get shelled for nine earned against the Rangers. Cody Bellinger might hit 400 in a month and then hit 159 for a season. I don't, I wouldn't, I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I don't think, I, I, I think he's Aaron a bad overall year. Aaron Nola is pretty good. Yeah. Maybe he's, Aaron that, that, that might yeah. be a better comparison. Yeah. Um, last bit of thing here, last bit of news. Jacob deGrom has been shut down for the remainder of the season, officially ending his 2021 campaign at 92 innings. I'm just sad because I think we could have actually witnessed potentially the best season ever from a pitcher if he went and finished the year. He had a 1.08 ERA through 92 innings. His peripherals backed up, obviously, that insane ERA. Would have won his third Cy Young Award. I'm just very sad because, again... Probably would have have locked him in for the Hall of Fame, to be honest. I would have locked him into... I mean, I think he'll still make it regardless, but he would have been locked into the Hall of Fame. We could have seen the best season ever from a pitcher. Uh... Third Cy Young, which you don't see too many pitchers that get three Cy Youngs. Obviously, Scherzer looks like he could be the favorite to win one now. But uh, I'm curious, you guys, this will be the last thing we'll quickly touch on. Doc, are you using a first-round pick on Jacob DeGrom next year? No. Cheesecake. Injuries aside, he's not going to get the wins. If you have a first-round pick next year, let's say you have the 12th pick in a 12-team league and Jacob DeGrom is still there, are you using a pick on him? I don't think so. No, I think, I think ending the season as injured as he is, uh, uh, you know, not being able to pitch to finish the season. I don't think he's a first rounder now. All right. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. The injuries definitely make it a little harder to want to use that capital. But if you enjoy the debates that we have, especially when cheesecakes on the show, make sure you check out all the great content going on at the, at the triple play fantasy headquarters. Of course, we've got all the great things on the network here. We've got our football and basketball podcasts. The shows like Super Fantasy Bros Between the Seams with Marty and Mac and The Tripwire. If you like that shorter content, we've got Coach's Corners, Fantasy Foodies, Movie Minutes, and much more you can check out on our YouTube channel and make you subscribe. If writing is more your style, we've got a bunch of great articles that come out on the TripPlayFantasy.com website. And of course, you can get all the know-how by following the account on social media at TripPlayFantasy. If you wanting to live on the wild side, but the idea of jumping out of a plane or robbing a bank seems a little too dangerous and you'd rather settle for a fantasy baseball podcast, look no further but because you came to the right place and that's no cap. Now we're going to jump into our postseason prediction show with Brandon Warren right after this quick break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Got a packed house tonight. We got a full crew here. Of course, we got our buddy Cheesecake in the house again. Always a pleasure having him on screen. We've got the Doc, of course, here. Uh, ugly smile, as he always does. Gentlemen, are you ready to talk some playoff prediction baseball tonight? I am. I am, David. That's awesome. That's Well, we need a, uh, we, a guy. There's a guy that... Uh, was here a second ago that I will introduce when he comes back on. So uh, I know everybody's on the edge of their seat to see who the guest was because all you saw was the initials. But I'm going to show you that right now who this guest is. This guest, this BW person, you know as a man that is going to be the glue guy for a show that is constantly dislodged, unfastened, and unbound. He does Minnesota Twins coverage for Access Twins. He's the co-host of that 90s baseball pod where we can reminisce on the good old days of baseball. He's an anti-social extrovert, which I have no idea what that means, but I like it. And he's a writer, not a rooter, a baller that if you need on your podcast, you give him a holler. This is your warning, because we have Brandon Warren on the show. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. How about you? Pretty good, man. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, baseball postseason is right around the corner. Uh, I feel like it's, we got a, uh, a lot of fun stuff ahead of us. Are you excited for the postseason? I mean... It'd be a lot more exciting if the, the Twins were anywhere near postseason, but it's the way these races are shaping up and and all that. It's it's just awesome, you know, with Toronto and New York all jockeying for position and Boston and just kind of the idea that they could be these ties and it's it's uh, they call it a team entropy. They have to be from we want chaos and I think we can get some of it I, uh, Jeff, Jeff Pass has been beating that drum for chaos and I'm about it <laughs> yeah he is he has been for sure uh, but we'll not beat around the bush anymore we've, we've already kind of been talking about it we have the postseason prediction show so the October air is out there it's coming tomorrow the leaves are falling turning colors I don't actually around here there's not uh, so that's kind of been surprising. But they have had, there's a chill in the nights. And that means that playoff baseball is right around the corner. And that means people become heroes, change their careers forever, maybe even win a ring. Obviously, you could have an A-Rod or somebody like that that's going to, uh, you're going to hate for their dreadful postseason run, which we'll get to later on. But it's going to be a hell of a ride. So make sure you're buckled in. As we've got some predictions we're going to make tonight regarding the postseason. Let's see if one of us is a Nostradamus and we could kind of call our shots, predict the future. So we're going to start out with our first one here. And our first prediction is we're calling the wild card, which who are the wild card teams? And once the wild card teams are set, who do you think win the wild card games that are going to be played? So, Doc, I'll start with you up top. Who are your wild card predictions? And then who ultimately wins the wild card games? So the NL wild card is set. It's already going to be the Dodgers and Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go Dodgers in that. And then in the AL, I have the Yankees because they already have a lead right now. 
And I'm going the Blue Jays. And if the Blue Jays can win tonight with Robbie Ray on the round against the Yankees, I think Robbie it's going to really the help them. Robbie Ray on the round, yes. Uh, and then they have a three-game homestand against the Orioles, which if they can win three out of these last four games, I think they're going to sneak in. And then I have the Dodgers and Blue Jays winning both of the uh, wild card playing games. The Doc is all blue. All for the blue for the wild card. Cheesecake, what about you, my man? Who are your predictions? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why the, uh, the Rays would take it easy on the Yankees in the last series of the season. Could be after tonight that there are four teams within one game of each other, uh, heading into the last series with three games left. <clears throat> really, if you go by schedule, uh, it should be the, um, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. I just think the Red Sox seem to me like an El Foldo type team this year. They're kind of slowing down, sputtering down the stretch. And the Blue Jays have been, the Blue Jays have been the best run differential team out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I like them. And, and, and I guess, you know, I, while I don't see, uh, the Rays taking it easy on the Yanks, I do think that the Yankees are just a little bit too talented. I'm going to have the Yankees and the Blue Jays making it. Yankees and Blue Jays. All right. So got the two AL East calls there as well as that. So if they play in that game, who wins? I'm going Blue Jays. I'm going Blue Jays. And did you say between the Dodgers and Cardinals, who you think wins that game? I think that it's going to be the Dodgers. The Cardinals are, um, I think they're, they're, they're running a little too hot. One game to play in. I think the Dodgers can slow it down. They got that type of veteran team. I think it's going to be the Dodgers. I think wow. it's just a pitching matchup. Like Max Scherzer against maybe Jack Flaherty. Well, so that we've got two for the Dodgers and the Blue Jays. I, for one, I'm going to throw my hat and just say that I think Cardinals beat the, the uh, Dodgers. I think it's one of those okay. teams that are coming in really hot. Max Scherzer has shown you he's a Hall of Fame talent. But if you look at what he did with the Nationals as far as playoffs when in the wild card games and, and other things like that, uh, remember against the Giants, uh, that he kind of buckled a little bit when he was with the Nationals as well. I, there's something in my gut that says maybe he goes like five innings, three earned runs or something like that, which not a bad start, but that just enough where the Cardinals could sneak it in there. I will not be shocked if that happens. Brandon, are you with these two? These two? Are you, do you think that? It's going to be a Blue Jays and Dodgers wild card winners for each uh, conference here. Um, I, I believe that the Dodgers should win, but I think St. Louis pulls it out. And it just kind of shows you the, in, uh, the, the improbability of postseason baseball where you can make the Dodgers expected to be the number one seed and go all the way. And instead, I think I could see them going home early or St. Louis tripping them up. So, I'm going to go with the birds on both sides. I'm going to say Toronto over New York. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say St. Louis over LA. I want to take LA. I believe in LA. But I also like being contrarian. So I'm going to go that route because they're just so hot right now. And again, too, I mean, maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't trend into the season at all. I think we all know that you can really flip a switch going into the postseason. It doesn't necessarily mean that any quote unquote momentum here in October, but the St. Louis team is a fun team. I mean, you don't look at them as the superpower like you do the Dodgers, but I don't know. They just get it done. I, I really like what they got going on. I think they can make some noise in October. Well, so we got two on the Cardinals, two on the Dodgers. You and you also pick the Blue Jays. Are they beating the Yankees? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got to go with uh, Jose Rios. 
All right. I like it. So plenty of Blue Jays picks on the show. And then we're split down the middle on the Cardinals and the Dodgers. So that will be very interesting. All the pressure will 100% be on the Dodgers in that matchup because the Cardinals will be playing with house money at that point. So be very interesting to see that game and how. And obviously, if the Dodgers, if Scherzer gives up like two runs in the first inning or two and they don't think he has it, they could always go to Walker Bueller or Clayton Kershaw, too. Mm-hmm. Like they have Arias. Arias. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can go. It'll be interesting to see that play out. Let's, yeah, the Dodgers. The Dodgers have had, had pressure on them for about eight seasons now. I think. Yeah, I think they're pretty used to it. It's, yeah. it's been it's been a pressure filled run for them, and they, and they've just kept performing. Like their their season now, they're not going to win their division for the first time in a long time, but they're going to win 103, 104 games. I mean, they, they they've been consistently great. I just don't see. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that uh, St. Louis is gonna is gonna top. It's ironic that the Dodgers won in a pandemic season, like when there's probably no pressure because we're going through a global pandemic is when they perform well. So maybe in a regular season now, they're not going to. Yeah, we'll have to see. It'll be interesting that again, right around the corner. Our next category here is we're calling it ghosting. So we kind of teased it a little bit in the intro here. Who's going to have the Alex Rodriguez type postseason that drags their team down? And that's the memory of them that we have. They basically kind of almost in a way cost their team a run at a World Series because they're so dreadful. They're a black hole in the middle of that lineup or a pitcher that that just blows up in the postseason that you think you could count on and just doesn't perform. So Cheesecake, I'll start with you for this one. Who do you have for Mr. Alex Rodriguez for the ghosting category? You know, you don't want to wish this on anybody. Uh, um, I think someone who... Who might be be causing frustration for his fans, for the fans of that team, is uh, Christian Yelich. He's been he's been a guy who's they signed to the huge contract. He's been the guy who they they thought might be their anchor. He's had a disappointing season. Uh, you know, strikeouts in big moments in the playoffs are what this this uh, this category is all about. And, and I could see Yelich, you know, just having a strikeout filled postseason. And the Brewers need that lineup to. to- do something because their rotation's been absolutely disgusting, and now they also are down Devin Williams, who broke his hand. Stupid. Why do people continue to do this? Why do people think punching a wall is a good idea? Well, I think he was drunk, if I'm not mistaken. I I, David, I, I can tell you, I've been drunk many times in my life, and I've never thought punching a wall was a good idea. I mean, I'm with you, but I'm saying it's not like he was frustrated after an outing and punched it. Like he might have been under the influence to where he wasn't thinking. But I agree with you; it's definitely not excusable and. Nothing most would do that. Brandon, who is your Mr. A-Rod, your ghost and player for October? Um, let's think about this. I'm going with Yohan Mankata because it just seems like he's such a polarizing player among White Sox fans. I have a lot of White Sox fans in my Twitter feed, which is a blessing and it's a burden. And it's, uh, it's, he's a very polarizing guy because he's got these stretches where he looks like an MVP candidate. And then he's got stretches where you want to hide him in the number eight spot in the order because he just, uh, he just goes so isolated for, for such long periods. So I can see that happening where he maybe kicks a couple balls in the infield and, and goes forward with the plays. And it will be in a small sample size if they lose that series, you know, if people find other games to where a couple plays will really be more evident than uh, than it would be over the course of a, a month or so, you know, where a guy makes a couple mistakes, but otherwise has a good month. Yeah. Time for that stuff to 
wrecked in a postseason series, and so those issues are magnified. And I kind of feel like that's my guy. I I thought about maybe staying like Dallas Keuchel, but I don't really think they're going to rely on him like they might have a year ago if uh, if it gets to that. I think they they like the front of their rotation a bit more that they won't have to push him as much. So for me, it's a, it's an everyday guy. I'm going to go with him. Kind of. It's a good call. I uh, someone that's used to striking out. And somebody that obviously had the, the prospect pedigree and, you know, maybe with the White Sox being fan or being relevant for the first time in years that maybe the expectations of the postseason run weigh on him heavily and he goes back to, or he's still a free swinger regardless, but I could definitely see that playing out the way you're describing it there. Doc, do you have a player in mind? Yeah. Well, I'm glad I pivoted from Christian Yelich. Uh, he's actually been heating up this month. And I'm kind of going with the trend, and I'm sticking with the White Sox, and I'm going to say Jose Abreu. Right now, he has one home run in the month of September. He's hitting 244 for the month, well below what we used to see him hit. And he's only had one postseason experience, and that was last year, playing three games, 14 at-bats. For So for as much of a, a veteran as he is, this is his first, I guess, second real postseason experience. And he's the heart and soul. He's probably the longest-tenured White Sox. And I think just having Tony LaRusso as a manager too, like I can't see him being the supportive type. I can see him because of the success that he's had as a manager over the years that you start to play a little bit more mental gymnastics. And I think the fact that he's on a cold stretch right now going into the postseason isn't going to bode well for him. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's uh, definitely a good point there. And, and interesting you guys went to this from the same team with the White Sox. Uh, you know, I think. That Astros series is going to be maybe the best first round matchup. Yeah, teams, that's going to be good. That, that have high expectations to go far in this postseason. One of them is going to lose in the first round. So it's very interesting that that, I mean, it's already set that matchup too. So, um, it's going to be very interesting to see that play out. Let's go to a, another category here. Let's talk about our biggest surprise. So who or what will be the biggest surprise from the postseason? So this could be a team that makes a run. This could be a player that comes out of nowhere. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to be going on to later about who you think boosts their draft stock the most when we do our fantasy drafts. But just somebody in general, again, it could be a person or a team that maybe, uh, just surprises you. Something that you're going to be looking back at. Wow. This is a surprise. Like, wow. Like, I can't, this is a surprise. This is a, this is a, I can't describe it any better than that. So. Do you need a synonym for surprise? Go ahead and give me one. Um, blessing. I don't know. It's not a synonym. All right, All hold right. on. Let me let me let me type no, one I mean, in. Oh, you go to Brandon. Why you, why you go to Brandon? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Brandon. Who is your surprise for this postseason, or what is your surprise? I think Toronto's bullpen turns it around. I think you know, they've been a liability for most of the season, and I think it's it's a thing that can be managed around in the postseason, but it's tougher to do. We saw Dusty Baker do it with the Astros last year, where he kind of mixed and matched. You don't have to use your worst relievers really at all. So I think the pitching in general for Toronto, you kind of expect that offense to carry them. But I think if you go into a series with Robbie Ray and Jose Brios, you have a chance. So I think if the pitching carries Toronto, wherever they're headed, whether it's only to the wild card game or all the way to the World Series crown, I think we're going to look back and be like, wow, I expected the offense to do that. But it was a pitching staff instead. It's interesting. Do you think there's a reliever in that bullpen that kind of 
is the talk of the postseason for that, or do you think it's just collectively there's not one that stands out, but they all just completely ball out? Um, I mean, I, well, I was really hoping it would be Julian and Mary Rodriguez that like to be really well <laughs> in the league on this position. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't really have anybody picked up specifically like Jordan Romano, but it's uh, I think it's just going to be kind of a collaborative effort, which is sometimes that's how bullpens make it work. Sometimes you guys, guys, you can be firemen and get up in multiple innings, or you run a guy like Aroldis Chapman out there more than you would in the regular season. I think it's it's just going to be up to uh, Montoya to kind of mix and match and figure it out. But I'm hopeful that Jordan reminds him that match. I like it. Um, let's go to you, Doc. Do you have a synonym for us, and then do you have a surprise? Yeah, so the synonyms are shock, astonishment, and bewilderment are the top three. Do any of those fit? Either of those could work. All right, who's your astonishment? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I I felt like we were going to talk enough about players. So my surprise, and, and maybe this isn't a surprise, I think there is going to be a big crackdown on pitching in terms of checking for foreign substances. I think it's going to be every inning or two because I think. With cheating, you know, with everybody's going to think of the Astros postseason with the the trash can banging. And it's one thing in the regular season, but now that you have the best of the best that are making it, especially with not the expanded playoffs, I think if any team has the slightest bit that a pitcher might be using a substance, that they're going to have them go out and check. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on pitchers to not use it at all. And I think any time that there is speculation on that, that a team is going to challenge and they're going to say, hey, check that. It's We've kind of saw it in waves when they implemented the rule first. It seemed like they were doing it pretty frequently. Then they cooled off for a little bit unless there was a request. But I think we're going to see probably two to three checks minimum for each team during the game. Interesting. So you think that will dominate the postseason headlines? I do. I do. Okay. I, okay. I think the last thing Major League Major League Baseball wants is another black eye for cheating. So I think in the rare in the rare instance here, they're going to try to be proactive rather than reactive and enforce a rule that they shouldn't have never put in midseason. Okay, fair enough. Let's go to to Cheesecake if he has a wow factor for this one. I, I mean, I don't know if it's a huge wow factor. I really think that the Atlanta Braves are coming into the playoffs with a good chance to come out of the National League. I think that would be a big wow for for them. I think they're they're set up to face uh Milwaukee in the first in the divisional playoff round. Uh Milwaukee obviously just lost Devin Williams um and therefore their bridge to the ninth inning is now is now going to have to be cobbled together. Um and um <clears throat> And Atlanta's starting to get, you know, their pitching starting to get healthy. I remember a few months ago we were talking about where's Atlanta's pitchers. All their pitchers are hurt. They're starting to get healthy. Got Max Fried pitched in a great, great game last night. Uh, Morton's been solid. Anderson's been solid. You know, it's been solid. Um, they got a decent bullpen. They, they bolstered it at the deadline. They lost Acuna, but they still have Freeman. They picked up a lot of pop, a lot of pop at the deadline. Um, I think Atlanta is a team that that has a really good shot to come out of the National League this year. Interesting. So maybe we we get to tease for one of our subjects later on here. So interesting call there, Cheesecake. I like where your head's at. Let's move to our next category here. Let's talk about our Mr. Arandia Rosarena. So this is 
who boosts their draft stock the most during this postseason run? Somebody that you think over the next few weeks here, we see them kind of take center stage. They're the talk of the postseason. And when you have your fantasy drafts next year, maybe they boost themselves up another four or five rounds from where you were going to draft them. So let's start back at the, the top here with, I believe, uh, Doc, you got us started. Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah. Mr. Randy Rosarena. So I'm using this tweet from Eric Cross. There are four players that are in the 90th percentile or greater in average exit velocity, barrel percentage, and sprint speed. Shohei Otani, Fernando Tatis, Ronald Acuna, and Tyler O'Neill. And this month, he's hitting 314 with 11 homers, 27 RBIs, four stolen bases. So he's providing it across multiple categories. The Cardinals just won 17 in a row. He's going to be hitting in a good lineup. Yachty's coming back for one more season. Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, who's probably been one of the hottest players in the second half, are locked in for another year. The Cardinals are just a pretty well-run organization. Um, you know, obviously didn't see that the first half, but I could see him carrying this over into a good postseason, assuming that they win the wild card game and ultimately helping his draft stock in 2022. I was going to say that that has to be an Eric Cross tweet because that's not something Eric Mendelssohn would come up with. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But that's why I gave credit. No, it's good. That's good. Cheesecake, who's Mr. Randy Rosarena? This may be cheating. I think Gavin Lux is my choice on this one. That's no, a good call. I'm, I, I'm glad I diversified again. Yeah, you were going to go with him. I was. I was. I, I was. I, I have someone. Well, Lux has been playing almost every day in September. Actually, next season, depending on your league, he could have three position eligibility. He's playing outfield. He's played 16 games in the outfield this season. If he plays all of the last four, he'll have 20, I think. NFBC eligibility is 21 for a full season. It was seven coming into this season after last year. I think it's 21 games for eligibility. Now that's, someone can correct me in, in, in the comments if that's wrong, but if if it's 20, he could end up with three position eligibility, shortstop, second base, and outfield in NFBC leagues next year. Um, and, you know, with the playing time, with the fact that he's sort of a post-hype guy now, a big playoffs really could boost his stock. That's a great one. And you're right, he's getting the playing time right now. He was helping people down the stretch with his play, and they're using him all over the place. So I think that Gavin Lux could be that guy, and he's going to have a uh, you know a big mind, uh, magnifying glass on him, playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers. If he performs for that lineup that many expect should get to the World Series, then you know he's going to have that the entire postseason the, the spotlight on him. He's going to be able to perform, and and people will take notice. So good pick with that one, Brandon. Who's your pick? Edmundo Sosa, the Utility infielder extraordinaire for the Cardinals. I think he kind of sneaked under the radar. But he's one of those guys, they, they seem to have one crop up every single year where it's a guy that just kind of develops because you don't really expect him to be a really solid everyday player. I think that he's, he had a great year. I mean, he's a three-win player by baseball reference scores. But this will be a coming out party for him in the sense that he'll get more national exposure, more national love as a guy who can really, really play. Now, does that mean it's gonna excuse me, stick? I mean, Randy Rosalina, you know, did it stick for a full season? I, I don't know how to say that, but um, you talk about a guy getting onto the, the mainstream and the the highlight reel for the first time. I could see Sosa doing that kind of thing, and, and like I said, yeah, they they seem to come up with these new uh, new stars just kind of out of thin air, and they have Paul DeYoung, and I feel like every year they've got a new guy that just kind of pops up as a 
a really solid everyday player, and this is the guy for me this offseason or this postseason rather. As a Cubs fan, I find that frustrating and accurate. So <laughs> I find that to be a frustrating and accurate statement. You can go down the list. Matt Carpenter was one of those. Tommy Pham was another one of them. Alan but Craig. Alan Craig is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tommy Edmund probably. Yeah, yeah. These guys that are like 26, 27. David Fries killing the Rangers. There it is. Yeah, David Fries is another one. Oh, God, God damn Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're pesky. Does anybody think it could be a pitcher in Shane Baz? Because the way he's finished out I, the season, if they, if he gets utilized as like a three inning, like machine in the postseason for the Rays, they put him in, you know, kind of like Julio uh, Rias was for the Dodgers last year, and he looked absolutely dominant in the postseason. Do you think that he gets a huge bump? I feel like he's already gotten a decent bump from his two outings to finish the year. Like, I feel like a lot of the Rays young players, like Wander Franco, Shane Boz, are all going to be bumped up next year just because of the team they play for. Like, I, I can't think of any team that has more up and coming young stars than the Rays. Yeah. I mean, Franco, I think, is already locked in as a second or third round pick next year, but it's like, it's like a 42 on base, 42 game on base streak. It's crazy. Yeah. But. No, I mean, they're obviously the favorites in the American League for a reason. And they have a lot of exciting young talent. And you know, it's going to be full on display when they play. And they'll probably give them a lot of chances to uh, to perform. So we'll just see. Franco could be that guy, too. I mean, he's already have a pretty high draft stock. But if he tears it up, maybe he's a guaranteed second round pick. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Let's talk about our last part of our prediction show tonight. That's going to be calling your shot. So give us your AL and your NL champ, and and then ultimately who wins the World Series? Because obviously we don't want to tease them and not give them the the pick. This is your prediction on record before the postseason starts. Obviously, assuming your wild card team that you call gets in, who do you think wins the World Series and gets there? Start with Cheesecake. Oh, it's so hard. I think um, I think that. I'm going to stick with my, uh, I'm going to go out on that limb. I'm going to say Atlanta gets it done, gets to the World Series from the National League. I really like the way they've, uh, they've kind of come together this sec, this last bit of the season to, to clinch that division. And in the, and in the, um, in the AL, you know, I do think that, uh, I do think that a team like, um, like Houston with their offense and the fact that they do have some good starting, I, I, I could see them coming out. The East is to, so tough. Those teams are all very tough. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, the Rays, it's very hard to go to two straight. Yankees, Blue Jays, very tough. But, I, you know, Houston, they got a nice first-round series. I mean, I do think the White Sox are very good, uh, and, I, and I could see them doing it as well. But I, I think Houston comes out of that one. And uh, I, think, I think it's going to be Houston versus Atlanta, which would be probably boring for MLB, but I think it would be a fun series. Who wins? Atlanta. Atlanta. All right. So they've gotten on the cusp. They've been on the cusp of the World Series the last couple of years. Not only did they go there this year, but they win it. All right. Cheesecake on record. An Atlanta Brave fan. Okay. Brandon, who is your picks for the AL and the NL, and who wins? Well, I really wanted to see Milwaukee, but this seven million situation puts a damper on that for me. So I'm going, and this is probably going to be the least exciting 
potential, but Tampa Bay and San Francisco. Because I think you just got the two teams that have been so good year in, year out. San Francisco has been just incredible. They completely left San Diego in the dust, and nobody ever thought they'd beat San Diego, let alone Los Angeles. I, I, I can't doubt them. They got that, uh, that kind of feel this year. And Tampa, I think Tampa finally gets it done, though. I think Tampa finally wins one for the nerds. I know the Dodgers won one for the nerds last year, but it was nerds with money. This is the one for the nerds where it's ingenuity, it's creativity, and also probably going to make people crazy when they sell off a few more guys. But that's what they do. That's how they operate, and we've got to kind of deal with it. So I'm thinking Tampa Bay over San Francisco, and I think it's going to be a very entertaining six or seven game series. I would watch that. Tampa Bay and Stanford. It's just like two teams that grind it out, that the best out of the town that they have. That would be a very exciting mm-hmm. World Series, I think. Mm-hmm. Doc, what's your World Series pick? My World Series pick could be over uh wild card. I'm going with my wild card teams. I'm going Dodgers over the Blue Jays in five. Dodgers over the Blue Jays in five. Okay. I mean, to be honest, the Cardinals and the Yankees could win. Blue Jays cannot even make the postseason, and my prediction is done even before it starts. But you got to go out on a limb. No, you do. I I think the team I'm rooting for the most might be the Blue Jays, just because I love the young talent, and they haven't been relevant for a long time. So I think with the run differential that was discussed, I think, in the opener, that they're a good team, and they deserve to be in the postseason. They deserve to have a chance at, at a long series when you throw out Robbie Ray, and Jose Barrios, Hinjin Ryu, maybe not as much anymore, but they have decent pitching. They have the arguably the best hitting in the major leagues. So I could see it if they get there, if they get past the wild card game. I think that's a good, and you have $500 on the line on that call. So you're putting your, and, you're putting, and the thing is, the Red Sox are losing to the Orioles right now, three to one in the middle of the six. So that dings them down. And if the Blue Jays win, then they're tied with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. I think. My prediction, I have the New York Yankees coming in out of the American League. Ooh. And I have the St. Louis Cardinals coming out of the National League. Ooh. And I have the St. Louis Cardinals winning it all. Ooh, spicy. I, I think I think it's going to be one of those, like the powerhouse Yankees against the surprising Cardinals. And I have a lot of family that are big Yankees fans, and they're going to be just complaining to me about... Yeah, you can the, say that now. Yeah, they, they, I mean... They're very passionate Yankees fans. And I, to be honest, being around them so much, I've grown to like the Yankees a lot more than I did before just because you talk about it. I don't know. It's a, I'm, I'm a Twins fan through and through, but I give a lot more appreciation. Yet, yeah, Brandon, I was going to say, at some point I had to acknowledge that we have two Twins fans on this show right now. Um, but yeah, the Yankees. Yeah. How, how could you be a Twins fan showing love to the Yankees? Uh, because it's not a, a rivalry, because they they beat us every single time. <laughs> I can recognize when someone owns you, and it's just like you accept it. I lay down and I accept it. That's like Pedro Martinez. Come. What did you say, Brandon? What? Your little brother isn't your rival until he beats you in anything. It's right. Annoying. That's true. That's true. It's it's pretty staggering how many times they've beaten the Twins consecutively in the postseason. It's just mind-boggling to me. Um, this is one little sidetrack note. 
But Brandon, uh, when they were in the wild card game a few years ago, when Irvin Santana took the mound, and the Twins, what was like a 3-0 lead right from the start, because they had a, a home run off of Luis Severino or whatever it was, and we thought, maybe this is the year. We got a three-run lead with Irvin Santana on the mound, who's been absolutely balling out in the second half. And then in one inning, we gave it all back to him. It was awful. And then, and then Irvin Santana was never the same again. That's right. That was like pretty... I know he pitched for the Royals this year, but he was definitely never after, the same after that. And then we won't even go into... We won't even go into all the heartbreak before that with the stacked teams we had of, with Johan Santana and, of course, all the, the stacked hitting that we had for so long and just couldn't even get to the second round. It's just mind-boggling, mind-boggling. Um, but, all right, let's get to the next segment of the night here, and that's going to be our game of or our question of the week first. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Alright, our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple Play. So do it, as Nike says, or yeah, just do it. Of course, that would be very appreciated by this group over here. So our question this week, if you could be any player's agent excluding salary, who would you pick and why? So you don't get any of the salary benefit from being that player's agent. Strictly who you get to work with. So Brandon, you're our guest, so we'll start with you. Who would you pick to be rep- or to represent in the major leagues? Oh wow! I'm trying to think of like who I want to hang out with. Like who's the the coolest guy to hang out with in the major leagues? Um. Uh, there's some cool guys out there. There's some cats. We can come back to you if you want to. There's someone like Juan Soto because I think it's going to be fun to negotiate the deal. Again, we're not talking about money, so I get that. But I just I think it would ensure that you're in that position for a very long time. So I'm going to take the route of a really good, really young player in Juan Soto. All right, I like it. Juan Soto is a good one to start off with. Cheesecake, who would you pick for this question? So when I initially thought of it, I thought it was about money. That's the way I took it. Because <laughs> so my first my first thought was it's going to be Marcus Semien because he's a free agent. He's having a huge year. He's going to get a huge payday, and that money's going to go in my pocket. Uh, now it kind of works both ways. He's supposed to be a really cool guy, but uh, for me personally, if I was going to be one person's agent, uh. Also a free agent this year is Anthony Rizzo. I want to hang with Rizzo. I want I want him to be my buddy. I want us to be friends. I'll pitch I'll pitch batting practice to him. It'll be great. <laughs> I thought it's like a TV show. Me and my pal Rizzo. Me and Rizzo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And he seems like a good, pretty nice guy. His wife's also very. Uh, I know his wife's like very involved, and um, she does like a lot of. I think it's charitable work and stuff like that too. I think that'd be a great person to. To be oh, involved yeah. with there. Doc, yeah, absolutely. 
Who's your pick? I mean, you guys went with nice people. I'm going with Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, can you imagine you sign a contract with him? And he's like, all right, let's go get drunk. Let's just have some beer and sit on the couch. That's my type of guy. Lance Lynn, if you need an agent, call me. What if you, what if he doesn't drink? Do you know that he drinks? I, I, come on. Lance Lynn drinks. I don't know. You never know. You could just, I, a- I, I wish he had socials. Like that would be probably the biggest shock to me in my life if Lance Lynn did not drink. I mean, he definitely looks like he does, but again, we can never yeah. assume that. He seems oh, yeah. like a guy that just throws on overalls and chugs a beer at nine in the morning. Yeah, no, I could see that. Um, I would say if we were picking like a retired player from recently, I think CC Sabathia would have been a great one to do. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like he's kind of a, a very fun player to represent. If I had to pick a current one though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that is a great call. Yeah, Curtis yeah. Granderson would have been perfect for this. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a current one though, you feel like you want to pick like kind of how Brandon was saying. You pick someone that's like young and exciting. Somebody that's like, you know, is going to have personality. He's not going to just sit and just talk business with you. They might like give you some life when you actually talk with them and, and be fun to engage with. I feel like, I don't know, like Fernando Tatis, I, again, take the money out of it. I feel like he's an exciting young player. I feel like he's the type of person that would joke around and, and make it fun to be his agent. So I think that's my vote. I mean, I'm sure there's a better answer out there, but I feel like going the young, exciting route of somebody that you know will be fun to represent. That would be him. So good picks all around. Let's go to the last segment of the night, and that's going to be our game of the week. All right, our game of the week. Doc, you are hosting our game this week. What are we playing? All right, so it's a game that we haven't played in a little bit, and it's the one where you're guessing the age when they were called up as a prospect and made their major league debut. I think you only say the game when Eric Cross comes on. Yeah, but we just had Eric Cross on for the 100th episode, so who knows the next time he's going to come on. I'll do that again next time. Okay. So, Brandon, how this works, I'm going to give you a player. You tell me what age they were when they made their debut and how old they are now, uh, and whoever gets the closest gets a point. Sounds good? All right, so we're going to start with David, Art, Brandon, and then rotate around. Um, And whoever gets closest gets a point. Sound good? I got 10, and then I got an 11th as a tiebreaker. So you can get a maximum of two points for each player. Let's rock and roll. All right, so Dave, we're starting with you. Your best pick of the draft, Andrew McCutcheon. How old was he when he made his debut, and how old is he now? Uh, I'm going to say... I think he's like 36 now, and I'll say he was 26 when he made his debut. Okay. Art? I I think he's probably 33 now, and he was 22 when he, when he was, when he made his debut. 22 and 33. Brandon? All right, so he was 22 when he made his debut, so Art gets a point for that. And he is 34 now. So splitting Art and um, Brandon, so they each get a point. I was way off. All right. Number two, and Art, we're starting with you, the man with the lead, you Darvish. Okay, you Darvish. Oh, wait a second. You Darvish had a bit of a career in Japan before he came over. Yes, I he think- did. 
I think he was 20, 26 when he made his debut. And he's 35 now. Okay. Brandon? Um, I'm going to go 20, 25 and 34. Okay. And David? I'm going to go 26 and 36. Brandon got both on the money. Whoa. Did, he, did he really? Four. Price wow. is right at me, Brandon. Nice. nice. Price is right at me. I was like, I think it's three years since free agency, six years before that, nine years. Yeah, I was trying to do the math in my head. It was not, it was not going well, but apparently it did still turn out okay. It went very well. It went very well. <laughs> All right, next one, Brandon, we're starting with you. We got Blake Snell. Uh, Blake Snell was 21, and he's 26 now. All right, David? 23 and 32. Okay, and Art? Okay, so his Cy Young season was 2018. Yeah, 2018. No, 2018 was his Cy Young season. So he's like 22 and 26. All right, well, he was 23 when he made his debut, and he is 28 now, so everybody gets a point. Okay. Thank you. All right. David, we're back with you to start this. Mr. Justin Turner, the Red Rocket himself. Okay, I know he's really old um, in baseball baseball terms. Um, I know he's either 36 or 37, I believe. I think he's 37, and I'll say he made his debut at... 20, 26. Okay. Art? I think 25 and 37. Okay. And Brandon? I'll go 25 and 38. I'll go 26 and 38. All right. Well, David, what do you say for his debut? Oh, uh, I know I said Are 30. You, huh? So you said, you said, um, you said 25 and 37. Art, you said... No, I didn't say 25. I said... You said 26. I, yeah, I said uh, 26 20, and 37. And then, Art, what did you say? 25 and 37. All right, so it was 24 and 36. So, Art gets two points and David gets one on that. Brandon was zero. All right, number five. Art, we're going back to you to start. Matt Chapman. Okay. Uh, 21 and 26. Okay. Brandon? 24 and 29. Okay. And David? 23 and 28. All right. Well, Brandon and David each get a point. 24 and 28. Ah. All right. Do you guys want to score update through five? Let's give us a score. All right. So Brandon has five. Art has five. And David has three. Still anybody's game. We okay. got five more left and then a tiebreaker. Brandon, we're going back to you to start this one. Sonny Gray. Twenty two and uh, twenty two and thirty two. Okay. David? Twenty three and thirty one. Okay, and art. Okay. Twenty four and thirty three. David, that's just what you needed. You got both on the money. Right. 
23 and 31 for Mr. Sonny Gray. Everybody's got five, and we got four questions left. David, you are starting with Mr. Corey Kluber. Okay. Um, I'm going to say 22 and 35. Okay. Art? Um, 24 and 35. Okay. And Brandon? 26 and 30. All right. Well, Art gets two. David gets one. Brandon gets one. It's 25 and 35. So, I was right with the 35. Yeah. Art got that as well. And then 24 and 26. Art and Brandon split. All right. Next one. And Art, we're starting with you. And this is probably a bad one to start with, considering we have two twins fans on the show. But it's Byron Buxton. Okay. Byron Buxton, uh, was, was, was a fetus. No, um, <laughs> 20, 20, 21, no, 20 when he started. No, 21 when he started. Sorry. And he's 28 now. 21 and 28. Okay. Brandon? Uh, well, I was going to go with 21 and 28, but I'll go with... You can do that. You don't have to change if you I'll, think I'll that's do, the right answer. I'll do 22 and 28. Okay. And David? I'm like I'm like ninety percent sure he's twenty seven. Also, I'll say twenty one and twenty seven. David with another two burger. David gets two on that. There we the go. Only one, and Art gets one actually because he he said he was twenty one. David, nice. There nice. we go. There we go. All right, Brandon, we're starting with you. Second to last one, Trevor Rosenthal. Uh, 24 and 32. Okay. David? I'm going to go 25 and 34. Okay. <sighs> and Art? I'm trying to reconstruct his career. <laughs> he's been so many places. It's like... I, 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 I 20... I'm going to say 25 and 35. I don't know. All right. Well, Brandon gets both points. You guys must think he's much older than he is. Debuted at 22, and he's 31 right now. Oh, wow. So going into the last question, Brandon has four, five, six. Brandon's got seven. Art has three, five. Six. Art has eight. And David has eight. So we got an 8-8-7 eight, eight, game. This might be the closest game we've had where all three people are in it to the last one. Oh, man. All right. Here we go. We are ending right now with our guy, Jeff McNeil. Who starts this one? I forget. You do. Okay. No pressure. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say he's been in like a few years. I'm going to say he's, I'm going to lose on this last one. I'm going to say he's 24 and 29. Okay. I, I know that's way off. Art? 
Um, that was that was pretty much exactly what I was going to say. I mean, if you feel like, like I said, I have a tiebreaker, so don't feel like you have to switch. That was what I was going to say. I'm pretty much guaranteeing that David and I tie, but we could also <laughs> be guaranteeing that we both lose if, if Brandon gets them both. Uh, I, I, you know what? I was 24 and 29 was exactly what I thought. I'm going to stick with it. 24 and 29. Okay. Brandon? Got my eye on you, Mindy. Uh, 25 and 30. Well, we're going to an overtime as it was 26 and 29. So David and Art both have nine. So we got right, a tiebreaker cool. here. All right, you're riding my coattails. I'm taking you down. Art, no. Oh, Art's going first on this one. Hyunjin Ryu. Hmm. Oh, man. That's tough. I think he's like 36 now. I think he was 28 when he started. No, 28 and 36? Yeah. David? I was going to say 36 or 37. Oh man. Um I'll say twenty nine and thirty seven, just to make sure one of us wins here. Well, you went one age higher than Art and both. You guys are actually both off. He debuted at twenty six and he's only thirty four. So Art gets both points and Art wins the game. <laughs> oh crap. Oh, that's bullcrap! You price it right at me the wrong way. I oh, was gonna, Lord. I was, I was gonna have another one ready in case you guys want the one to one tie. <laughs> I priced the wrong right direction with the prices right. Oh God, that hurts! So I'll, I'll give you, <laughs> I, I, that hurt. That hurt more than a normal loss. Just that. David, David having the two perfect ones. Thinking he's not right with Jeff McNeil. Art copies the same one. They go into OT. Oh, gosh. I feel that for you, David. I'm losing yeah. in the finals at everything I do in life. This is freaking nuts, man. It is, I don't know what I need to do to actually win something, but uh, whatever it is. You need to give me up. your dog. No. All right. Well, <laughs> on that note, we're going to get Brandon out of here. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Anytime, guys. I have Awesome. And before you head out, can you give our listeners where they can find you on Twitter, all the great stuff that you're doing, and, and what they can check out, uh, the content that you're putting out there right now? Yeah, so after I'm warned on Twitter and accessfood.substack.com, we have pretty much everything. The latest podcast will drop tomorrow at 6 a.m. And then we're Olson and I on that 96th pod talking to former MLS Sanders Greg Swindell. So, Lots of fun stories from the 90s and some playing college baseball in the 80s. It's a really fun time. So that's up on YouTube right now. Access is on YouTube or else the regular pod audio will drop tomorrow morning. And you also just had uh, Ben McDonald on too, right? Yeah, Big Ben McDonald was on last week. And he was Baltimore's first round pick the year after he uh, Greg was taken. So they had a lot of war stories from uh, playing for. Frank Robinson and playing with Cal Ripken Jr. and all that fun stuff. So another really good uh, SEC pitcher. So another fun fun discussion if you want to find that one on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. 
That's really great. I'm glad to hear that Ben McDonald Ben McDonald's goes goes through his word with some people. I knew that was coming. Uh, I was debating whether or not off we say that off air or not, but f it, why not? <laughs> That's I awesome. The, I had the Trump card. I had the former teammate card. So sorry. That or, yeah, that that is the ultimate Trump card. Doc was communicating with him for a while to get him on. Oh, worst never... guy to ever DM with. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully he doesn't watch this podcast anyway. But we're going to end it on there. <laughs> Everybody, we appreciate you watching, listening, however you consume Triple Play Fantasy each week. We truly appreciate your listenership and your support. We're going to dive into some off-season content with another great guest next week. I'm sure it's going to be a fun episode, whatever we do. But until then, everyone stay safe. Enjoy the playoffs. And we're going to make like a bread truck and all these funds. Catch you guys in the next one.